الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعاشروهن بالمعروف فإن كرهتموهن فعسى أن تكرهوا شيئا ويجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا صدق الله العظيم Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders, mothers and sisters. Two weeks ago when we gathered here, so at that time I mentioned that there were some programs that were being conducted in various places on the topic of Nikah and due to some suggestions that we should have the same thing here. So we started with it two weeks ago and we will inshallah continue with some aspects today nikah as mentioned previously is something that allah taala created to fulfill this need of a human being like he has other needs nikah is a need it's a fundamental need and in the process we discussed this is something of great barakat an aspect that Nabi Islam made dua of barakat for it in so many different ways. When the couple, the nikah takes place, the dua that is given to them is a dua for barakat. Barakallahu feekuma wa baraka alaykuma wa jama'a baynakuma bil khair. And various duas of barakat, barakat upon barakat. And then we discuss briefly that what is going to bring the barakat in that nikah. So one is that nothing haram is done before the nikah. Otherwise, we are already weakening the foundations of that nikah. When haram is engaged before the nikah, then already the foundations are being weakened. And then the nikah itself, the simplicity involved in the nikah that should be there in Adaman nikahi barakatan aisarahu mauna. That the nikah wherein the greatest barakat is, is that nikah wherein the least amount of expenses were incurred. On this note, one incident that, just to highlight this further, we discussed this topic last two weeks ago. Perhaps on some previous occasion we discussed this incident also. Of Hazrat Salman an and Hazrat Abu Dardar Salman he intended to propose to a certain family for their daughter so he sent Hazrat Abu Dardar as his as the person to take it along as his agent to take this proposal along so Abu Dardar comes to the house then he speaks to the father family and he puts forward the proposal of Hazrat Salman and not just a dry proposal that, well, I came as a messenger and this is the message. Rather, he, he expressed the virtues of Hazrat Salman. <coughs> what a kind of person he is. He is among the foremost that came into Islam, etc. All his virtues that he could speak about, he spoke all that. When all that was discussed, any case, after having completed what he wanted to say, they thought about it, and then they said, Amma Salman, Fala Look, whatever it is, 
We don't have any intention to get our daughter married to Salman. It's their choice. It doesn't have to be that it is based purely on that the person has all the virtues, then this must be a yes answer. It's up to them. There might be some other reasons why they feel that this might not be a suitable match for their daughter. Or just that their heart didn't click. Simple as that. So nothing to take any offense about. That why was my proposal not accepted? Am I a thief or a thug? Or do I have some other <coughs> problems in me? What did please tell me on my face? There's no need for all those things to get into all those issues. They, it's up to them, their prerogative. They decline the proposal, well and good. Having closed that chapter, they say to him, but look, if you want, we'll get our daughter married to you. Now he came with a proposal for somebody and now they are saying to him that if you want, we'll get our daughter married to you. So Salman Adlanu is thinking about it. Hazrat Abdul Darda is thinking about it. They have already made themselves clear that that first chapter is closed. So this is now a totally separate issue. So eventually he thinks about it and accepts. And he accepts and that nikah takes place there and there. Whoever is present in the house, they gather and the nikah takes place. Now Hazrat Salman is still waiting for an answer what has transpired. Abu Dardar returns and he comes to the Salman and he says to him Salman something has happened something has happened but I'm too embarrassed to talk about it. So he says what happened? What are you embarrassed to talk about? So Abu Dardar replies and says this is what happened. In our terms, we may say it just to understand it. That he might have said something like, I went with your proposal, I came back as a married man. Now, the thing to learn here is, or the aspect to take a lesson, one lesson is now, what is the reply of Hazrat Salman to this situation? Person took his proposal and went, and he came back married. His reply to him is that you got nothing to be embarrassed about. I am more embarrassed. Now, these are words, but these words, in the words of Hazrat Muhammad, some statements of his that have been printed, that words can be a weapon of great construction or a weapon of mass destruction. Just words, normally say it's, I didn't, I didn't do anything, I only said something. What are you making such a big issue about it? I just said something, I didn't do anything. But sometimes what a person says can be far more destructive than what he does. And what he says can be far more constructive than what he does also. So this was a very delicate situation. And at that moment if he replied something like, well, I should have thought about it that you had a hidden agenda in accepting to take my proposal. Something could have just come out of somebody's mouth. And what would have been the end result of that statement? Whereas this man has done his job sincerely, he went and did his best to present the proposal in the best way he could. He did a complete favor for his brother. And now if something came out in this manner, where somebody starts jumping to conclusions about the next person's intentions, 
the next person's uh, agendas now. You start pulling out hidden agendas from where it never was. What could have been the end result of that? He says, no, I am more embarrassed about it. Why are you more embarrassed? I am more embarrassed that that person who Allah Ta'ala decreed for you, why did my mind go in that direction? Now, this is the cleanliness of the heart. This is where this emanates from. But in any case, related to the topic that we are discussing, that this is how simple nikah is. We were talking about the barakat of nikah, and the barakat of nikah comes from simplicity in that nikah. And this is how simple nikah is. That it took no hue and cry to do it. It was bus, whoever was present there, the proposal acceptance, the khutbah might have been recited, and the nikah took place. And that's it. That is how simple nikah is. And as mentioned previously, perhaps you mentioned it last week, that depending on the on how much of a need something is, that is how easy Allah Ta'ala has made it. A, a person can't do without A for more than a minute. Half a minute is too much sometimes. So because it's so vital, it is free of charge, you don't have to go anywhere to find it also. It's there all the time. person is not even conscious that he's breathing. And water, he can survive a little while. He'll have to go and fetch it. He'll come free from the skies. He'll gush out of the earth. But he'll have to go and fetch it from the river, from the well, from the stream, from the spring. He'll have to pipe it. And food, he'll have to still make a little bit more effort. He'll have to grow it. He'll have to wait for the animals to feed on it. Then he'll be able to slaughter the animals, etc. But nevertheless, it's far more easier than gold and silver. Gold and silver, he doesn't see his whole life also, his life can carry on. But these things are essential for survival. Allah Ta'ala has made it so easy. Nikah also is a fundamental human need. So hence it is so simple. But we make it so big and so difficult and such a major thing that a person now who wants to get married, he starts wondering, can I get married? Whereas that's how simple nikah is. Then that nikah gets delayed unnecessarily because some hall is not available somewhere. In the meantime, haram is taking place. The foundation of that nikah is getting weakened. And now because of the availability of some hall is not, that hall is not available until six months time. So now for six months that nikah is being delayed. Then there isn't enough funds available for that deco. So now waiting for something more to come through, then that nikah will take place. And in the meantime, we are destroying the foundation of that nikah due to the haram that is taking place. And then all this further causes us to lose the barakat of that nikah. So in any case, this was the second thing that we discussed, the aspect of that barakat in the nikah. Then comes the aspect of how to maintain that barakat. So one is not to do anything haram before and to make that nikah simple. And then how to maintain that barakat throughout that married life. That is then the crucial part. So for that, there are many things, obviously in one or two discussions, all these things can't be discussed. And then the other difficulty as we mentioned last time was that these uh, programs that were being held were being held separately for the men, separately for the women, at separate venues. So the things that were pertinent to each were being discussed. Now we have to discuss everything jointly so that does complicate it a little bit. But nevertheless, nothing complicated also. 
there are certain things which are general. So inshallah we will try to discuss some of the general things, some specific things, but what pertains to both parties. So inshallah we will read some of the things that are here and discuss them as we go along. One fundamental thing in a nikah is that in order to maintain system, Allah has put somebody in charge. No place functions without somebody being in charge. Any business, there's one person in charge. At the end of the day, one person. He has the final say. If he's not the boss too, but he's the manager. In that business, at that time, his, his word will work. If there's a school, there's one principal. If there's a country, there's one president. There's a ship, there's one captain. Somebody in charge at the end of the day. Now this whole system of this household is going to function without anybody being in charge? That's not going to happen. And where there's nobody in charge, and at the same time everybody is in charge, then you find everybody charging one another. And as a result, then we find what is the Western society all about? That one in two homes, is a, they call it single parent home. Now, this is because we have left that Mubarak way that Nabi Islam has taught. We come on to that Mubarak way that has got the solution to everything for us in it. That has highlighted everything for us in how to maintain that peace, that barakat, that blessings, everything. So today just to discuss a few of these aspects. In regard to this aspect of who is in charge, Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala has made the husband in charge. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala very clearly outlines this that men are the rulers over women. But this ruler is not a tyrant ruler. He's in charge. He's the driver. So he'll have to drive. And he'll have to keep his eyes on the road and drive carefully. He'll have to steer that vehicle. But while he has been made the ruler, what kind of compassionate ruler he has to be that has been discussed in so many ahadis, it is amazing. What kind of kindness he must have, what kind of compassion he must have, what kind of mercy he must show, what kind of love he must display. And it is these qualities that make this function smoothly. Islam hasn't given us a bill of rights to go by alone. Everybody's rights have been explained. But the other part of this rights is that you'll find many of these rights in the Quran and Hadith. Many of these rights, not all, but many, have been given in addressing the other party. In other words, some rights of the wife have been explained, but in the process of addressing the husband. Some rights of the husband have been explained. But in the process of addressing the wife, for example, in the hadith, Nabi Salaam says that if I had to command anybody to make sajda to anyone besides Allah Ta'ala, had it been permissible for anyone to make sajda to any being besides Allah Ta'ala, then I would have commanded the wife to make sajda to the husband. Now this is being addressed to the wife. This is being addressed to a wife. 
that if I had to command anyone to make sajda to anybody besides Allah Ta'ala, had this been permissible, I would have commanded the wife to make sajda to the husband. What is being explained? The husband's right. That in the within the limits of shariat, the husband must be obeyed. So obedience to the husband is being explained that this is his right. But by addressing who? By addressing the wife. There are many, many rights of the wife that have been addressed to the husband. So what is this teaching us? It is teaching us that this life can't function by going by rights. The rights are there. So we are being taught about the rights so that it's not trampled. It is not inter- broken. But the lesson that is being given, that this is your duty. The obedience to the husband is your duty. And compassion to the wife is your duty. So if this had to run by just rights, then it can't work. Therefore in that ayah that we discussed last week, Allah Ta'ala says that Allah Ta'ala created this sukoon, this nikah for sukoon. And waja'ala baynakum mawaddata wa rahma. Allah Ta'ala created between the couple mawaddat, love. Because with this rights, it can't get anywhere. But it is that love that will make one another sacrifice their own rights for the needs of the other. Otherwise, we will be trampling on others' rights for our desires. It's because I want something like this. So it must be my way or the highway. No other third way. So it can't work like that. So there's two things that make this work. One is taqwa. The fear of Allah wa ta'ala. In the khutbah of the nikah, there are three ayats that are recited. And three ayats are recited all on the theme of taqwa. And what is this giving the message? That without taqwa, it's impossible to get anywhere. It is taqwa that will bring a person to act with justice. Just to understand this justice, though this is in the context of uh, somebody having two wives, but the principal aspect of what is justice, just to highlight that. Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah had two wives. Now, the command of Shariat is that a person has more than one wife, he's permitted up to four wives. This is the law of Shariat. Whether somebody must undertake this or not is a different question. If he is not able to maintain the justice, then he should never dare to do so. Ali was he had two wives. But how conscious was he? Now that taqwa we're talking about. So people would bring gifts. And sometimes they would say that this is for your wives. One person one day came. He came with two watermelons and he presented these two watermelons. He said, I brought these two watermelons, one for each house. So Tamirahmatullah immediately said to him that I am obliged to maintain justice and equality. What if one is bigger than the other? So this person said, no, no, I am very, very well aware of this. I am very well aware of this. 
And the Tamir lay in the Khanqa had one scale hung on the wall somewhere. For this purpose, people would bring things. Or if somebody brought one watermelon for that matter, so now it would be sliced in two and weighed so that it's equal. And then it would be distributed. So now this person said, no, I am fully well aware of this. Before bringing it, I weighed both and made sure I brought two of the same weight. I said, very well, mashallah. He said, but what if one is sweet and the other is sour? Now this person was a villager, rural person. And the villagers, they are quite free in the way they express themselves. They are not too tied down with all the formalities. They say it as it comes. So he said, when Hazrat asked him, Ek meetha ho aur ek karwa, to phir kya karu? So this person said, Hazrat, may I gus karke dekhu? <laughs> Must I go and squeeze myself in there to go and find out how it is? So Hazrat said, no, there's a way around that also. So he said, okay, now bring a knife. Brought a knife and cut both in equal parts. Half, this one in two halves and that one in halves. Equally. He said, now take one half of that one and one half of this one and put it together. And likewise, the other two halves, one from there, one from here, put it together. Now send this to one house, this to the other house. So if one is sweet and the other is not so sweet, it still got balanced out. Now justice. Now what brings a person to be that careful about this justice? What makes him be so concerned that I mustn't even go one bit of the line of justice? It is only the taqwa, that fear of Allah wa ta'ala. If that is missing, then what does it matter? In the Quran, Allah wa ta'ala made it very clear to Rasulullah that he has the liberty and in the various, the, the law is that if a person has more than one wife, he has to be equal in treatment to them and in equal in the time he spends in each home. If he spends three nights here, he must spend three nights there. But, if he is going on journey, then he is not obliged to now divide the time in there. Whoever he is more comfortable with, he may go along. That is the law. That is the law. But Nabi Wasallam, now the one aspect is the right. Rights are very dry things. Rights are just cut and dry as they say. Take it or leave it. This is it. Rights doesn't worry about anybody's sentiments. The Bill of Rights. You like it or you don't like it, this is it. It doesn't worry about anybody's feelings. Rights doesn't worry about whether somebody's going to be happy about it or cry about it. That's rights. But rights are important. Therefore, Sharia has explained rights also. But life doesn't run smoothly on the track of rights. It goes smoothly on the track of love. And is guided by taqwa. So taqwa will be the thing that will show the light. That this is the direction to go. But it will run on the track of love. Now when there is love, then a person will be concerned about more than rights. So the law is that a person now is on going on journey. He is not obliged to now divide this equally. But Nabi Islam thought something. That this has to run smoothly. And you could worry about everybody's feelings. It's not that because this is it. Cut and dry. What would Nabi Islam do? He would now put all the names of his wives 
in a, whatever we might call it, like how we say it, put it in the hat. And he would draw lots. Whoever's name came out, whoever it was then, whoever's name came out, but she would accompany him. Now, the right was that he can go with whoever he wishes. But this is something beyond rights. And Nabi Islam taught this with his practical method that he would consider everybody, consideration. Now this is where many a times we consider what our feelings are. The husband is considerate of what he wants only. The wife sometimes is considerate of what she wants only. And in the interim, what happens is chaos then. But who will now consider what the other party is interested in, what the other party's comfort and peace will be in, that is dependent on who has that taqwa and who has that akhlaq. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says that a person is that khataba ilaykum man tardawna deenahu wa khuluqahu fazawwiju. If such a person has proposed whose deen and akhlaq you are pleased with. These are the two fundamental things. His deen and akhlaq is part of deen but highlighting it that his akhlaq is pleasing to you. Then don't on any flimsy excuse now reject that proposal. First of we do. Then get him married. But the lesson in here is that it is akhlaq that is being highlighted. And without this akhlaq, then it's going to be very difficult. And akhlaq, what is the crux of akhlaq? The crux of akhlaq is firstly, how to pass comfort to others. How to give comfort and ease to others. And the second part of that is, if we have to bring some difficulty upon ourselves in the process, we're ready for that too. Sometimes it's a very simple straightforward thing, you made somebody happy and you are fine also. And sometimes to make the next person happy, you have to take on some difficulty. Akhlaq demands that both be done. Both conditions. So this is the aspect of akhlaq, that how important it is in life in general, and in nikah in particular. This is what will make it go forward. So we started off at this point here, that the house will run smoothly when there is somebody in charge. Allah Ta'ala has put the husband in charge. But while he's put the husband in charge, Allah Ta'ala gave some very clear directives to the husband with regards to his wife. The ayat that we recited, Allah Ta'ala says, وَآشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Imagine Allah Ta'ala interceding on behalf of the woman. What more can we ask for? Or rather, what more can the woman ask for? One is if the mayor of the town writes one note to somebody, that this is my special request to you, that please treat your wife uh, well. Now, whereas that mayor is not even his relative in any way, but the letter came from the mayor. Somehow some message reached him. He takes that seriously. And he wants to now just watch what he does. And if it came from the president, so that now it takes a completely different angle now. President wrote to him, who is the president? Today's president, tomorrow's prisoner. Yeah, Allah wa ta'ala is interceding on behalf of that woman. That I have made you the manager, but wa bil ma'roof. Treat them kindly in the world. Fa in karihtumuhun. 
Many a times a person says, but oh, this problem and that problem and whatever else. So Allah Ta'ala is saying beforehand, yes, this will happen. These things will go on. فَإِنْ كَرِهِتُمُوهُنْ If you dislike something in them, فَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Perhaps you will dislike something and Allah Ta'ala puts good for you in the very same thing. خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Much good. So don't just go by one. If there's something you dislike, there are many positives also. Focus on the positives. Allah Ta'ala already interceded in the Quran Sharif. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam further intercedes. That a woman is created from the rib. The example is being given now that if she is created from the rib, so you need to now consider that. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying it up front. She will never toe the line as you want it all the time. Forget about it. It's not going to work. This one little anecdote that somebody mentioned on this well since everybody is listening it's probably not the ideal thing to mention but in any case one person he just a joke somebody made as they say this is from the Lal Kitab so this person found one bottle and it was so he opened it one Jinnat was trapped inside so Jinnat came out so Jinnat told him Okay, since you opened me, what, what you want? I can do something for you. You know, jinnas can do amazing things. So, this person said, you see, I have to go to China all the time, traveling often. So, just make this one highway directly from here to China for me. Take a plane and all those long, long stories. I'll just drive across one way. So, this jinnat said, look now, China and highway, you know, all across the oceans now. Think about it now. Tell me something else. This is, be reasonable a little bit. So then he thought about it. He said, okay, just do this much. Just make it such that my wife listens to everything I say. So now this Jinnat started scratching his head. And then after a while he said to him, he said to him that, okay, that highway, how many lanes? Three lanes or four lanes? <laughs> so this is not going to happen that you're going to get it your way. So that Jinnat also felt it probably is easier to make the highway. <laughs> But now, if somebody wants to know that this Jinnat can make that highway, how it couldn't come out of the bottle, that is in the footnote of that kitab somewhere. <laughs> so, the point is that Allah wa Taala has, on the one hand, made the husband the manager of this. He is responsible. But the wife has been given that command of obedience to the husband. And when both in his place, that the husband has been made the manager but he has been commanded with this kindness with this consideration Allah's Nabi Wasallam is interceding Allah Ta'ala is interceding so when everybody is conscious of this then there can only be peace but when we don't fulfill this when either we want to change the roles or the husband is now thinking he's the ruler so he rules how he wants then there's going to be a problem then there's going to be disaster. So this is something which Allah wa ta'ala has made as the system in this world that in this way this will carry on smoothly. Nevertheless to take it further, just will time is almost expiring, we'll discuss one more. Inshallah in the coming weeks we'll discuss other things. The one aspect is, now there are various points here 
that are of practical nature. As we said that this is a whole lifelong thing. In a few discussions, how many we're going to discuss? But some simple things which are very practical but have so much of effect in it. For example, simple thing of how to enter the house. Now, somebody might say, what is, is this something so crucial or something of such importance that in a discussion of this nature, where there's a whole lifelong issue at hand, and now we discuss about how to enter the house, gee, that is a very important part of the whole thing. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says, when you enter your, the home, فَسَلِّمْ ala ahlik." Make salam to your family. Fasallim, make salam. The salam will be a means of barakat for you and your family. Now, a person enters the home and he enters without salam. Nabi Islam would enter, he would enter smilingly. Now, when that is not going to be the start of that entry into that home, that that entry is taking place without barakat, that entry is taking place without that smile. So what is going to be the, how is things going to then develop from there? Then it's going to go in a different direction altogether. And this is the place where a person has to come for comfort. This is the way that sukoon is. But now when the person is depriving himself of that barakat, there's no salam, how he enters, that smile is not there. That smile is sadaqah. So already he is depriving himself of it. Then if he has made salam, but that wife is not now responding in like manner, she is now waiting to just offload the whole day's difficulties. So then this is going to create a reaction. There was one lady came to one alim and said that I've got a very serious problem, husband does that. And indeed sometimes there are very serious problems too. But sometimes the problems are very minor, become, become serious about the way we handle it. A very serious problem and so all the problems. And the, so in the process, he picked up what the whole problem is. In any case, she wanted some tawis. He said, yes, okay. After hearing the whole story, I've got a very effective tawis. So he read something and blew in one bottle of water. And he said, this is the tawis. But how this works is, when you see your husband at the gate... Before he enters the front door, you have to take a gulp of this. But for it to be effective, you can't swallow it for five minutes, you've got to keep it in your mouth. So now, fine. She went home with it. Now as the husband is about to enter the house, she quickly took the first gulp. Now she was already planning what, what she's going to say, what, what went wrong, and all the difficulties, and what kind of grief she had the whole day. But now she tries to speak, this is going to come out, or it's going to go down. And the tawis won't be effective. So she has to keep it in. She has to keep it in her mouth for five minutes. In that five minutes, the husband came in cool and calm. He settled down. By that time, that what was in the mouth probably cooled her down too. So now everything started going on a cool note. And then whatever needed to be sorted out would get sorted out. So as time went, so everything started settling. Otherwise it would have been normally... As soon as the husband enters the home, but it is all hell breaks loose as they say. But now it was becoming an example of heaven. So after a while she came back to the moyo and said, MashaAllah, Jazakallah, excellent taweez you gave me. So he said the taweez was in you. That it was all it was to just have little bit sabr, little bit patience, say what you needed to say at a later time, 
and in the right way. So many a times it is just ha- how we handle situations. So now that first moment of entering the home is crucial. How does the husband enter? Does he enter as if he has brought all his troubles of the day with? Or does he leave everything behind and come? Because he's coming home for sukoon, he has to give sukoon also. Many times people come, they say, now they came home, say, no, they got to now do this and that to de-stress. So how is he de-stressing? He's de-stressing now by sitting and playing games on his phone quietly. These are unfortunately real life situations. So he's saying he's de-stressing. But in that process, he's stressing his wife out beyond imagination. Many people do things, they say, no, no, I got to undertake this hobby. Why I'm doing this hobby? Just merely to de-stress. Whatever the hobby is, for example, now somebody is doing hang gliding. Now as he's hang gliding, his wife's life is coming out. And if this fellow drops from there, that's the end of it. So he's saying he's de-stressing. But in the process of de-stressing, he's stressing everybody else out. So that is a kind of de-stressing. That is selfishness. The reality is that that is being selfish. That I must enjoy myself at anybody's expense. Doesn't matter who gets stressed out in the process, who gets hurt in the process, who feels anything in the process, I must enjoy myself. That is being selfish. Something that is reasonable can be understood. But a person says, no, I need to enjoy myself. So now, I need to de-stress, so he's going away for the whole weekend, he left his family, not doesn't tell them where he's going. And sometimes, weekend after weekend, he's gone, and they are just left without even knowing sometimes where is he. So he is de-stressing. And the process is depressing everybody. That is not akhlaq. That is not what Nabi Salaam has taught us. That because we enjoy something, we must just do it. We have to see, is this the right thing to do? Is this stressing out others around us? It doesn't matter, that's his business if he's getting stressed. I'm enjoying myself. So if the wife is getting stressed, it's her business. No, it doesn't work like that. Allah's Nabi has given us that pure deen, that pure way of life, that akhlaq, that consideration for others, that incident of the Tanvi Rahmatullah which we discussed on many occasions, or several occasions at least, we will terminate on this for now, that where that late part of the night in that old age, and he, in that illness, after having gone to relieve himself, and while returning due to that exertion, he falls unconscious, faints, falls unconscious on the floor. But everybody is asleep, nobody even knows what happened. Because he didn't wake up anybody. The dead of the night. And now he finally regains consciousness, he realizes where he is, what has happened. So he wakes up with difficulty and makes his way to his bed after much difficulty. And as he comes and lies down on the bed, he remembers that that water can was in his hand when he was coming back. Because toilets, there was no water and so on. They had to be taken. So he remembers now that that can was in his hand when he was coming back and when he fell unconscious, that fell out of his hand. So that is lying somewhere in the way there now. And now, if somebody else wakes up and they want to use it, they won't find it in its place, that's the cleave to them. Or if somebody is walking past in that same in the darkness, they might not see it, they might trip over it. So now the easy thing was that his wife was in the same room, he could have just woken her up, that go and just please find this, I'm in this condition, i just fallen unconscious and woken up and come again. 
but he didn't even want to disturb her sleep in this condition even in this severe condition he didn't want to disturb her sleep he woke up himself again and he went and he picked it up and came on his own so this was his side of it and on the other side what kind of consideration wives showed that too is a, another chapter on his own how they went out of their way to support the husband especially in the work of deen in his life in his day to day things what kind of difficulties they took upon themselves for the sake of the husband and others this is another complete chapter inshallah on some occasion we'll discuss this as well but this is the pure teachings of deen that bring about that sukoon that bring about that happiness it is that akhlaq that example that we always talk about that everything has something to join it paper gets torn then there's some glue to join it some tape to join it there's wall breaks there's cement to join it material tears there's thread to join it up what is going to join hearts what is the glue that brings hearts together what is the cement that will put heart together with heart that is the cement and the glue of akhlaq not anything else the heart is in order then everything will come right when there's akhlaq in the heart and the heart has changed everything will change Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us true hearts that heart which is filled with the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that heart heart which is considerate of others that heart which wants to pass on happiness in khalus sururi fi qalbil mu'min wants to make the heart of the next person happy and who is more deserving of that than those who are closest to us our parents the spouse the children obviously well within the limits of shariat there is no compromise on that So this is the way that brings that happiness that sukoon and it makes this life in this world also an example of jannat. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to adopt these great qualities in our lives. May Allah ta'ala grant one and all that sukoon and happiness. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. ബിമ <laughs> ഇല്ലല്ലാ 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 
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 
ইমামা ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين وموس موسف الله موس gracious الله موس kind الله موس compassionate الله موس loving الله إله العالمين يا الله your نعمت سبين poured upon us every moment يا الله إله العالمين countless نعمت we use all the time يا الله Ilahul alamin but how ungrateful we are that we all the time keep returning these favors with disobedience ya allah ya allah we acknowledging all our faults and sins ya allah ilahul alamin we are those criminals that are confessing ya allah ilahul alamin we can hide nothing from you ya allah ilahul alamin you know whatever we have done ya allah you know what is in our hearts ya allah you know where our eyes have looked ya allah you know where our, what our ears have listened to ya allah you know what our hands have held ya allah you know where our feet have walked towards ya allah ya allah you know what thoughts have been passing through our hearts and minds ya allah what kinds of schemes and plans we have been making ya allah what kind of jealousy is there you are aware of it ya allah what malice is in our hearts you are aware of it ya allah ilahul alamin all the other evil and filth that is in our hearts you are aware of it ya allah But ya Allah today with the barakat of your name ya Allah we are making sincere tawbah from everything ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive all our sins ya Allah ya Allah purify our hearts ya Allah ya Allah purify us from every sin ya Allah ilahul alamin make us like the day we were born ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah ya Allah make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah ya Allah save us from being hypocrites ya Allah ilahul alamin save us from being hypocrites ya Allah ilahul alamin make us your sincere servants ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah make us those kind of servants that you are pleased with ya Allah ilahul alamin let us use your nikmats and bounties for your pleasure ya Allah let us use your nikmats and bounties for your obedience ya Allah ya Allah save us from using your nikmats in your disobedience ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah make us ya Allah one ya Allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive the sins of the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah remove the suffering from the ummah ya Allah remove the oppression from the ummah ya Allah remove the poverty from the ummah ya Allah ilahul alamin give afiyat and safety to one and all ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ya Allah nafs and shaitan have made us a mossel ya Allah ilahul alamin it is only with your help that we can be saved ya Allah ya Allah you protect us ya Allah ya Allah you guide us ya Allah ya Allah you keep us steadfast on sirat al mustaqim ya Allah ilahul alamin you protect our families ya Allah protect our relatives ya Allah protect our friends ya Allah ilahul alamin protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah protect the iman the amal the health the wealth the lives of every believer ya allah allahumma kull khairin li kulli muslimin wa muslima allahumma kull khairin li kulli muslimin wa muslima allahumma kull khairin li kulli muslimin wa muslima 
ilahul alamin ya allah save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan ya allah ya allah make us ya allah those kinds of servants ya allah and those kind of ummatis of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that bring comfort to his mubarak heart ya allah ya allah how much of pain we are giving our nabi ya allah ya allah with our evil actions that get presented to him ya allah what pain must be going through his mubarak heart and ya allah we are so ungrateful for all his sacrifices that he has made for us ya allah ilahul alamin on the day of qiyamah how will we face him ya allah ilahul alamin you grant us the tawfiq of ya allah being those kind of ummatis that will bring comfort to the heart of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ya Allah, that when we meet him on the day of Qiyamah, he is happy to see us, that he embraces us, that he grants us the water of kawsar from his Mubarak hands. Ilahul Alamin, grant us his shafaat and intercession on that day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us his shafaat on that day, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of staying away from every haram, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. From the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. From the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. From the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from every haram ya allah save us from every drop and every grain of haram also ya allah ya allah grant us halal and tayyib rizq ya allah grant one and all barakat in the rizq ya allah ilahul alamin remove all the difficulties and hardships ya allah ilahul alamin grant us the strength of iman ya allah grant us all the qualities of iman ya allah grant us tawakkul ya allah grant us taqwa ya allah ilahul alamin grant us sincerity in everything ya allah ilahul alamin fill our hearts with ya allah sincerity ya allah ilahul alamin remove all the evil from our hearts ya allah ilahul alamin all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamirra daima all those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships ya allah remove their difficulties and hardships ya allah ilahul alamin whatever needs each one has ya allah out of the ghayb fulfill their needs ya allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya allah ilahul alamin remove all the strife and difficulty ya allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah ya allah unite the hearts of spouses ya allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya allah ilahul alamin put compassion and mercy in the hearts of parents ya allah put ya allah respect and adab in the hearts of children ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah put love and mercy in the hearts of spouses ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah unite the hearts of families ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah guide us towards the straight path ya allah keep us on sirat al mustaqim ya allah ya allah guide us towards your happiness ya allah ya allah give us the nisbat of the awliya siddiqin ya allah ilahul alamin give us the nisbat of the awliya siddiqin ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah grant us all the good that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked for whatever nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought refuge from ya allah be all so begging protection and refuge from it allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta almusta'an wa 'alayka albalagh wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-'aliyyil 'azhim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina muhammad wa alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil 'alamin